Hello, hello. Welcome everyone to episode four of Artists of Camberville. I'm here with Nate. Oh my God, I already forgot. <laughs> Devary. Yep, Devary. Devary. Okay, I'm here with Nate Devary. Yep, you got it. <laughs> Great. Good morning, everyone. Uh, <laughs> let's just get into it. I yeah. feel like I usually do announcements, but I don't really have anything to announce. So Nate, thank you so much for being here. Mm-hmm. It's awesome to talk Absolutely. to you. Uh, so Nate is an amazing artist that I saw at Summerville Open, Open Studios. How would you describe it? Mm, the big question, how to describe your work. And it's always, uh, yep. you're always trying to figure out new words, how to describe it. But so basically the past like three years, I would say, or four, it's all a blur, <laughs> making art that's documenting my experience dealing with church, um, identifying as a gay man and how it's been like good, bad experiences, confusing, and finding out how I fit into this this realm that people have set up. Paintings are more like representational, but storyline is like a big thing, storytelling. Um, a lot of fantasy mixed in there, and then also using like movies like Wizard of Oz and like The Little Mermaid as references, and also in art history, and even saints from like, like St. Sebastian and stuff like that. So just having, allowing all these things that I grew up with to use them as tools to tell the story of my walk in church and relationship and theologies that are constantly evolving even now. <laughs> I love that there's really like a, a story. There's a lot to sort of engage in, in terms of the, the narrative of your work. It's like helping me process how I feel about this whole, my relationship with church, but it's helping me like get it out of my system so I can continue to grow and thrive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about that. Can mm -hmm. you tell people your story of you know, basically from that point when you're in mm -hmm. um, Pennsylvania, right? Yep. Teenager, Pennsylvania, start us off, I guess, there and tell us a little bit about your story. Yeah. Um, I'll just briefly put it all together for you because I'm sure you don't want to hear forever. <laughs> you have a pretty interesting story, so um, I don't know if well, that's true, but yeah. So I grew up in Easton, Allentown, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, and more in a conservative household, Christianity, evangelical-free type area. My dad didn't really, wasn't around. And so my mom, I don't think she had like a lot of tools or like knowledge of how to deal with a gay son. So she just was like, ah, we'll go to church and that church will help. And I think her mom was um, very helpful because my mom and dad were going through divorce. So Nana and Pop-Up like helped provide for her and she relied on them a lot. And they were doing what they thought was right was just keep them in church. And so all that like going to all the Bible studies and church camp and all that was and it was great at the time. And I didn't really know any of others. So I was like, this is this is it. This is the world. Wow. What was like when you were doing all that? What was the message that you were kind of receiving about? A lot Your of people identity. didn't um, talk about it. They just okay. were like kind of hush-hush. And I obviously felt different and I wasn't sure how to... And I didn't know anyone else who was, that was gay at the time. Mm -hmm. So I just kept it all to myself and tried to act like the other straight guys. Or what is straight? <laughs> but, so did you know definitely at that time that you were no, gay? I didn't. Or you are just kind of like feeling these things and... Didn't really know what to do about it. Yeah, didn't know what to do about it, but I kept it to myself because I can tell it was clearly like outside of the box, mm -hmm. which is... <laughs> but nobody else kind of picked up 
like did anybody else maybe like suspect anything but and, oh. and say stuff to you or, or mm-hmm. is it more just really we just are supporting you and we want to you know uh, help you with your relationship with God and is I remember in school being picked on being called gay but I didn't really fully understand what the definition of gay was so I was like yeah I'm just what this thing people call me yeah and then eventually I found out and I was like oh, what like in middle school I was like <laughs> oh no that's not what I want people to think of me so I did my hardest to do the opposite of what what did later... you do did you like play football or <clears throat> I don't even no, know no. what's like <laughs> I was like on the swim team oh, okay um for like all of middle school but luckily when I went to high school I went to a performing arts high school and that was really where like I started to grow into like my art and that's like I got all my technical skills out there and then I realized like oh I'm definitely gay there like (laughs) just feeling and then though I was also trying to be like a Jesus freak like I want people to represent or see Jesus in me and not like my own sinful desires or whatever and keep it all together in there and toward I think my third year third or second year I can't remember in high school I started working at a, a ceramic shop <laughs> and in the basement I would help out making like these yard gnomes and stuff with the molds and you fill it with slip and that would you know get like all these like Mary Magdalene statues and all those things like uh, yard stuff you see like mm-hmm. tchotchke stuff yeah so and I ended up like messing around with the guys in the basement but also like feeling extremely guilty because it's like sinful and like gonna go to hell for this I'm like oh and it wasn't um, like a good no, relationship yeah, it, or situation for you, right? At first it was exciting because I was craving male attention so much. Mm-hmm. So I would have done anything. And they were way older. I was underage. Oh, wait, there was two? I thought there yeah, was Yeah, there was one. two of them. Oh, there was two of them. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> but I really, and it got like drama, like a soap opera. I really, really liked the one guy. But the other guy was just, was just like, just pull down your parents and do it. And then get back to work. And I was like, ah. Yeah. And then it made me really bitter inside. Because everyone, I put on this brand that, oh, like, happy Nate, like, Disney princess Nate. Like, yeah, everyone loves Nate. But at the time, it made me super bitter. So I would write all this in a journal. And my mom found the journal of how angry I was becoming inside. And then, uh, obviously, I didn't go back to work. (laughs) And I asked mom not to press charges against him because of, like, the age difference and stuff. Because you were, like, 16? Yeah, something like that. Okay. And then I think my mom panicked and she didn't know what to do. So she called her church friends and they're like, oh, I know somebody. And so I went to like conversion therapy for like several months. Looking back now, I'm like, that was very strange. Like I went to a church I've never been to, to a man I never met. And him and I would sit alone in an office in an empty church in the middle of the week. And I was like, (laughs) Um, and then you just talk about all these now looking back, it's just like all this complicated, like a game almost, like this these weird theologies that were coming out of there, and um, they just filled up my time with more like other youth groups. So I would go to not only my own church's youth group, but all these other ones, and just constantly meeting new people. And so it wasn't like real friendships or relationships. So it was just like they're just kind of keeping you busy. Yes, distracted or whatever you want to call okay. it. Okay. Um, and I can tell my mom felt conflicted. Because she's like, oh, like, I want you to be fed to the wolves, but, like, I want you to be safe. So, again, I don't think she had any, knew any gay folks at the time. So she's like, this is such an alien to her. And, oh, yeah, so that was, at the time, that was, like, my senior year of high school. Okay. So. Did it, I mean, did it 
like not work obviously it didn't work <laughs> but like <laughs> i don't know did it was it just kind of like a confusing three months that try to keep you busy or is, mm-hmm. is did any part of their sort of message or uh, i don't like strategy land at all some of it so at the time at least at the time obviously again, at the time yeah i was like so desperate to be doing what was right and what you know, God wanted me to do what, or what these people are telling me what God wanted. Yeah. So I would have done anything. So I was like, yes, that's what I got to do. I will do it and I'll like be the best at it. Mm-hmm. And and funny is that coming out later in my life, everyone thought I was already out because I was so, they saw I was so confident in my weird, you know, <laughs> hippie, whatever, tie-dye. <laughs> <laughs> we, I like to wear, wear a lot of weird outfits mm-hmm. And so people always just thought I was confident in being out, but I wasn't. So I was pretending. So this whole time everyone knew, but the, <laughs> it was like, yeah. it was a big mess. But yeah, so I got out and then a friend, Kelsey Chapman, showed interest in me. And I was like, what? So maybe like getting out the therapy for a few months. And I was like, oh, she's interested in me. So maybe things are turning around. Like I could be straight. And then like tricking your head and. Yeah. Uh, and and then it ended and it, it went really well like we went to proms and stuff it was like perfect timing had like a sweet ending of high school and then we both like went our separate ways for like summer because I was working at a Christian camp and I loved working there because it was such a safe place for me that Nate could be Nate and not be like picked on or gay or anything mm-hmm. it was just like yeah I you, you see like and I know it's it's been years since that but like you just Seems so like, yeah, but all this stuff happened when I have to imagine like at the time, just feeling so conflicted, like you must have been carrying yes, so much shame. Yes, a lot shame. of that. Like, um, yeah, definitely shame is a good yeah. way to, and no one outright like talked to me about this gay thing, but you get these tid, like how, seeing how other people react to when they talk about other people and you're like, yeah. ooh, so good not to let people know about that. So always being hyper aware of what's going on around you and who's like learning how to be a chameleon really like mm-hmm. blending in but also like obviously I wasn't <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I thought I was and that yeah. was a whole joke on myself I guess so. how um like how did your mother kind of react like when you basically came out or sort of later after mm-hmm. after high school and my mom and I have been very close through this whole process and even before because I'm the oldest of four siblings and there's like a six year gap between me and the three siblings. So I was um, did a lot of like help because my dad left so early, like yeah, helping raise. Yeah, single mom. Yeah. So that yeah. was a big, I think, reason why we bonded so quickly. And, and we had a fear of my dad early on. So like I remember one point I like spilled paint on the carpet and we both were like <gasps> panicked to clean it up before dad would get home so he would yeah. throw a fit and you never know what mood he was in at the time so we also bonded over that like ah, like the panic huh? mm-hmm. but she also like again like she just didn't know what to do so she went to the church and the church also helped us a lot like they would like pay for a camp and stuff and they would like built us a room in the basement because we didn't have enough room. So they were like very generous and helpful. And I think they, I don't really know. I haven't talked to them much. Yeah. Is your mom um, still a member of the church there? Um, They go like once a, you know, a couple of years. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, like what you said, there's definitely 
growing up with that double, like before you do something, think about it from how other people can think about what you're doing and how you're doing it and how you're saying it. Mm -hmm. So I grew up with like that hyper aware of like, oh, watch what you're doing, watch what you're saying, be plain so no one detects what's happening Mm -hmm. in your heart. Just sort of reflecting on that, um, kind of who you were make you feel like happier about who you are now? I think it helped me like, I think, yeah, it was like looking back and it was kind of sad to see that uh, inner self being so, myself trying to lock it up so hard, but it was so uncontrollable. Yeah. And then like, do the thing like pray it away or I heard a lot, it's a decision or a choice. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm choosing to like do what God wants. And then like God will like rescue me from this or like change my heart. And so I won't be gay anymore. Mm-hmm. It just, and I found out I was just like really, it was my own, like tricking myself into thinking like that. And yeah, it's a very interesting time period. <laughs> so now you're living in Somerville and you're engaged. Yes. Woo-hoo. Just talk a little bit about Jordan and what he does. And... Yeah. So... <laughs> I so uh, then I went to college in Philadelphia, uh, to the Pennsylvania Academy of the Fine Arts, <laughs> and I was working at Ivine Brothers, a produce stand in the back of uh, the Reading Terminal in Philly. <laughs> and I kind of met Jordan through there. He came through my I was a, on the cashier, and he came through my line, and we did a little what? what oh hi! Oh, oh. <laughs> and then he ended up coming back every shift that I worked and like buying, buying tons of produce. He was super nervous and shy and he eventually left me his number. Mm. And this is also like months have gone by <laughs> and I lost the number in my room. <laughs> and several months later, cleaned my room, found it. And then I messaged him over Facebook and then he messaged me back. And then we started talking and I, at that time, he already went to Boston to get his master's in divinity and I was still in Philly. And then we started dating, doing long distance for about three years. And he finally was graduating from Boston University School of Theology. Woo-hoo. So I was like, well, I'll just come up to Boston. And I moved up here last, what was it, August. So it will be a year this August. Wow. How has that, that sort of changed your relationship with God. I, I assume that it went through major lows, right? When you were yeah, like all of this. Telling, I remember like praying like, God, I'm so sorry. Like, forgive me. I don't, yeah. I'm trying to do what like you want me to do. But really, I, I realized these are all just people's opinions and their interpretation of the Bible. And I was living off of these people's thoughts, really. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, well, that's not helpful. Um <clears throat> And Jordan's been like amazing at giving me space to figure out my relationship with God and then all discussing like all these different theologies and how they have evolved the history of the Bible, which is jaw dropping. And I feel so like uh, passionate about that because so many people are like all over the place, all over the of what they think or believe. And but as long as you can like just talk and that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, like for instance, my Nana and I still don't agree, but we still like talk every other week on the phone and is she coming to your wedding? At first she was like, well, I'm not coming. And I was like, Oh, like, okay. (laughs) 
and right. I proposed to Jordan like two years ago, mm-hmm. and we're getting married in October, and so the other day she sat on the phone, so like, oh, what are you serving for food at the wedding? I was like, ah, so she's Ooh. coming, so, <laughs> and okay. I think she still doesn't grieve, but like, she can, like, the love that we have for one another is still like, so rich, and she taught me how to garden and taught me how to knit and mm. taught me how to drive like she's been yeah. a very prominent person in my life mm-hmm. yeah of course so. i of course think about that what you're painting can yeah you describe can you just describe it <clears throat> painting? so there's a painting called the conflict between love and church and it's a painting of my nana sitting in a chair and i'm sitting on the floor and we're both knitting this like afghan together or a blanket so like the yarn's coming out of my Nana's heart and I'm using that to knit and she's using the yarn coming out of my heart. And there's this like wall of churches in between us and they could be dividing us, but she openly has um, like a gap in between the churches, the line that would be dividing us so that we're still connected. So even though she doesn't quite understand or agree with it, she still is willing to like be in this relationship with me and not cut me off completely which I'm so so grateful for because I've heard of families doing that and like not talking to their family for years but like secretly wanting to or it's like this weird it's just a whole I I I don't know if it's the same because I didn't I didn't we we went to church a little bit but Mm -hmm. I didn't grow up in sort of in the same um environment but like something yeah something that I I appreciate about my husband's family and culture but also it can be kind of oppressing at the same time mm-hmm. is just sort of the close knit um, of the family and how every action or decision you make reflects on all of these other people, yes. right? Mm-hmm. So my husband married me. I'm a white woman um, from America. And uh, I was the first member of not only the immediate family, but all of his cousins that not only married somebody outside of the country but outside of like the state not even india the state of kerala (gasps) like you know they're they're christian and it's um most of the christians are in kerala so it kind of makes sense but like the first time i went to india which was for my wedding um i met a bunch of people i was the first white person they'd ever seen (gasps) in person right so it was like this this sort of big shock and um you know, and, and wow. I, like, when we were first dating, like, he was going to um, basically meetings. He was meeting other women and meeting other families for a potential arranged marriage, mm. which is not something that he wanted to do, but he wanted to show, he basically just wanted to go yeah, through the so. paces so his parents couldn't say, See, like, oh, you didn't even try. Yeah. And also, but I don't even, and now knowing my in-laws, like, I don't even think they cared, but they also needed to do it to show the rest of their family mm-hmm. that they kind of went through the paces that they tried, you know? <laughs> the more and more that we're together and over the years and I am with them and with the family, the more and more I realize, like, they don't really care, but they're just mm-hmm. kind of doing this stuff to sort of show the fam, like, the rest of the family mm-hmm. that, like, Oh, we're trying to do things the Peacefully, right way, yeah, so way. it reflects well on us, but also it reflects well on our like entire <laughs> family. Um, and I imagine that like that's pro- sounds very similar. So like if a family has somebody who's gay, it's like, well, you're mm-hmm. not even just thinking as a parent, you're not even thinking about how your own feeling about it. You're thinking about how everyone else is gonna think about it and how it's gonna yeah. 
um, how it's going to affect you, but it's going to affect your other, maybe other children and like... Yeah, who's surrounding you? Your friends, yeah. family, literally. Which and is... My, surprisingly, like my... So my mom has been, when I came out, I didn't have, I didn't really come out. I just kind of, was it a few years ago, I just brought Jordan home for a Thanksgiving dinner. I'd say like five years, four years ago, five, probably five. And... And that was it. <laughs> I was like, I didn't like come out. Yeah. And I, I, like I said earlier, like everyone just assumed I was comfortable with my sexual orientation, and mm-hmm. but really I thought I was fooling everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, but mom was super supportive, and at the time, or her husband Jeff is super supportive. He's like, yes. And then oh, my three siblings are now like twenty two, twenty one, and like about to be twenty. So, and they're all like, yeah, they're so excited for me and so like supportive, which is super great. And my mom has been super supportive, like there and like raising all of us and trying to figure it out, being like a young mother. And so, yeah. And she's still like asking me questions, but like, so if you're getting married to a man, is there like a wife? I'm like, Wow. Like, oh, oh, who's the wife yeah. and who's not? Yeah, husband? like, uh, we're just both men. Yeah. <laughs> or... Just both, both guys. Just, mm-hmm. yeah. But again, like, I can see, like, now I've been surrounded by so many variety of people, like, straight, gay, queer, like, all of it. Mm. Um, but my mom hasn't, so she's still, yeah. like, trying to understand. And it's, like, there's a lot of that that makes me, like, passionate about, like, being willing to talk about it with anyone because a lot of people just don't know and if you don't know anyone that it affects you then mm-hmm. you just really don't care like so mm. also my mom um <laughs> so when i was first dating Lenoy and mm-hmm. my husband and she she could tell it was like pretty serious so she came to boston to visit me mm-hmm. and we went out to dinner and i remember um uh we were eating and i don't like cherry tomatoes and mm-hmm. so I had some cherry tomatoes on my plate, and Lenoy just like picked over and grabbed cherry, cherry tomatoes and ate it. Mm-hmm. And then a little while later, went to the bathroom, and I remember my mom was like, um, "I see that you just kind of picked that food off your plate. Is that like a like a cultural thing? Do like Indians, you know, kind of do that?" And it was, and oh it was gosh. so incredibly sweet, mm-hmm. and um, you know, but just and many of those moments followed mm-hmm. there was a lot more of that too from uh, my mom and my dad at the time they were divorced but yeah just sort of like mm-hmm. I don't really know this culture this is my first entrance yeah. point so I'm gonna ask some really curious questions yeah. and they might be not perfect but yeah and just yeah realizing <laughs> like we're representing something so foreign to yeah them. so it's it makes me super passionate to be like like patient and try to explain them the best I understand them because yeah. I'm still trying to figure out what's going on too. Like, so yeah. it's good to have that and yeah. let's talk about your art right oh, okay. you're an artist uh, we like mentioned it really briefly <clears throat> um so I think so we talked about um a little bit of how your art how it has a very narrative feel to it mm-hmm. do you think of it as kind of like protest art or advocacy I'm definitely starting to lean toward that more because at first when I started making it, the first painting that started the whole series called um, The Separation of Church and Nate, um, like church and state, (laughs) (laughs) Um, because that's when I'm documenting my process of stepping out of church because I was so like, "Ah, they're telling me to do this and I'm trying, I'm trying and it's not working. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
so that's when I stepped out of church and it's me like literally like like the church was like um on my back like kind of morphed into my skin and it's me like literally taking it off like the yoke mm. like the bible talks about taking up your yoke and working and picking up your cross in a way so like me separating that from me and it's like taking my torso out and because it was such a big part of my being as church so for me to separate that from me was scary and big yeah um so that's what started the whole series and helping like finding because I didn't want to bash the church like I love the community part of it is this mm-hmm. when we start talking about the bible I'm like oh okay I'm just gonna be quiet yeah. no, no I, you're but now I don't want to be quiet so pretty, <laughs> no I think that's one of the things it's not preaching <clears throat> like you're mm-hmm. you 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 have like strong things are going on but I mm-hmm. never feel like it's super preachy it really is um specific to your experience and it's in it it seems like it comes from yes. a very yeah, emotional place for you mm-hmm. um so it's kind of like that marriage between logic and and emotion um that i think comes through really not well. a, lot, a lot of your relationship with church is a fantasy it's mm-hmm. what you're creating your view of god yeah so there's another painting i'm working on it's like the scene from the little mermaid where um, Ursula and little mermaid or Ariel are like in her little witchy cavern mm-hmm. and she's has this decision to like um like give, give up, up her, her voice. voice to yeah. become human to be with her man and then <laughs> um but what does that look like and I related to that um because at the time growing up in the conservative background like I would have done anything to be straight I went to the conversion therapy willingly at the time because I was like they said this will help me and cure me I'm gonna do it and I'm gonna give it my whole heart and like like have accountability partners there's even those websites where like they can monitor what you look like a friend can monitor what you look like or look at on like your laptop or whatever so make sure you don't like look at porn or anything like that wow i did not know that yeah so it was like extreme like i tried and it just and then they say like oh it's your choice you're just you're choosing this i'm like (laughs) i'm clearly not yeah why would anyone choose this like why would anyone choose to be so conflicted but it helped me to be like super compassionate for people who are and aren't dealing with this and exactly yeah, it really seems, I've always been so surprised, at least from the point that like I was in high school, and I remember um, we had we had this group called the Rainbow Alliance, mm. so it was like gay, straight, you know, um, mm. group, and I remember, I think it was my junior year, the, the week before, someone had taken the Rainbow Alliance banner, and in our mm-hmm. high school, we had um, the the lunchroom and then there was this like sort of glass dome ceiling on top yeah and s- whoever had taken it the week before i know who had taken it but <laughs> a bunch of people in my grade um had written like um all die in hell and like put it and then put it up on this you know banner mm-hmm. and um that's hard it was really it was really really hard and i don't i i do not think that they were reprimanded enough and to go from like that to 
I feel like where we are now, and, and granted, we live in a bubble right now. We live in Massachusetts. It's mm-hmm. super liberal, super inviting, you know. Um, I've always been so surprised at how it's shifted so quickly, you know. Like, it's mm-hmm. just where the majority of people, like, support gay marriage and, and majority of people are supportive. And yet, it was also like, and then with Trump and everything, I, I realized that that maybe wasn't true. That the now mm-hmm. there's this huge, huge swing in kind mm-hmm. of the, the opposite direction. And if you look at um, history, it, it's constantly going back and forth between yeah. like conservative and more progressive folks. And so we're just in this really weird <clears throat> uh, transition. <laughs> yeah. So I'm learning. There's just so many different people. And you just got to do your own thing. But I know eventually I need to continue to make art or I go like a little insane, like get super emotional. And it's like, Aah! so yeah. it's a physical way for me to do my therapy in a way and there's just people who don't do that at all they just do the opposite so destruction yeah so i think we talked about this a little bit so yeah yeah, well just sort of a little bit of my history so um Mm -hmm. 2013 my brother-in-law was in a car accident and Mm -hmm. died on Mm -hmm. july 4th and he was working as a doctor in oman and um Three months later, on October 4th, I had been fired from my job. I got fired the day I got back from the funeral. I was living with my husband and my in-laws had come back to India. They were all completely shut down and arrested with grief. And I also found out I was pregnant for the first time. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it was a lot. And um, so that that was then. I, I got, you know... And basically all the decisions that I've made from that point have been to sort of take care of my family. I'm also like, I now have two kids and, um, and I really put like the writing thing on pause, which is what I was doing full time. And I have to say like it, I was really unhappy mm-hmm. and it really felt like there was this gnawing sort of cat inside of me that was like <laughs> scratching at my rib cage that's the worst <laughs> you know it was just and I and oh I just I, I don't think I was a good mm. friend I I don't think I think in in sort of later years it really started to affect my re- relationship with not only my husband but my children mm. because I just wasn't doing the thing I wasn't being the person that I am. I wasn't doing the thing that I was trying to do. Mm-hmm. And I remember several times being like, I just have to give this up. This whole, my whole writing dream, the thing that I have been training for, the thing that I went to school for, the thing I got my MFA for, like I just need to figure out a way to sort of give it up and not want it anymore so that I can really focus on all of this other bullshit you know not that my adult, kids and husband are bullshit but like all the other things that are bullshit yeah. and you try to adultify yeah and it's yeah a, it's not even a yeah thing. and it was just it was just so I was just so unhappy and it really just made me very relatable yeah yeah it, it, I just wasn't wasn't really a good person like it just made me kind of spiteful and just so much sort of darkness in me that I was mm-hmm. just I knew that was there and I wouldn't sort of let come out but I also realized, I'm like, I got to do something to change this because this is not getting better. And I'm really doing, which is, you know, last year made some changes, started this project, started Republic of Camberville. So mm-hmm. um, I do anyway, I do identify a little bit just mm-hmm. when you try to sort of um, squash down who you are. It just makes you really. Because mm-hmm. um, then you resent anything you're 
yes. doing so, that's taking up your own your me time in a way. Yeah. And and also, like, I just remember being so resentful of anybody else's success Mm. and so jealous and so, you know, and I think about those those people who are so negative and are constantly, like, you know, putting other people down or criticizing art and, and, and writing and it was just really negative to be around and I just, like, having sort of been that a little bit, I just feel so terrible for them where I would have never been able to feel bad for them. Mm-hmm. I've just been like, you guys are assholes, which they probably are. But still, um, you know, because they're just carrying around this sort of darkness inside. I'm like, all you have to do is just hashtag yeah. live your truth. Um, <laughs> it makes you think of that RuPaul song, like, pay those bitches no mind. They don't pay your bills. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, let's bring RuPaul back in here. Yes. Um so that's it for this episode of Artists of Camperville. Nate, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, absolutely. It was lovely to talk to you. And you can see more of Nate's work at uh, N-A-T-E-D-E-V-A-R-I-E dot com or on Instagram at Nate Devery. Mm-hmm. You got it. Okay, bye. Yeah, bye. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs>